Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. And we are recording again in our new fancy studio that actually does not belong to us. It's a, it's a new time, right? Uh, it's good. So we are thankful to our videographer, Noah of Guard Media, for allowing us to use his space and taking care of all of the new quality of the podcast. So if you notice an enhancement it is nothing that we have done it is definitely some outside help to uplift uh, this podcast and for viewing pleasure on youtube if anybody takes a look on that i think it is something that we've done because we realized uh you know delegation outsourcing probably was a better use of our time and um yeah noah and his team are great at that and if you want to learn more reach out to us because now we, you know, everything and we get a slight commission on everybody we send over anyway too. So (laughs) I think in the beginning, our standards were so low that like just recording and getting it posted was the goal and success. And as we went along, then it seemed like more and more edits were needed (laughs) through the conversation. So maybe we got better or maybe we got worse, but definitely expectations changed for what we wanted to do and how we wanted it to sound so yeah and this is uh, a new setup so it's kind of scary you're sitting across from me versus uh the old setup used to be in separate rooms and uh kind of have to look at you in the eye and this therapy session just got a little bit deeper noah's (laughs) going to start charging for therapy uh in addition to uh all the videography stuff so that's right and i can kick you under the table when i'm ready for you to stop talking rather than just having to have noah cut it out for minutes that you ramble on yeah don't have a laptop in um in reach so you know if i'm checking my phone hopefully i'm just looking at the notes for the podcast and not uh, scrolling away on something else so it's good it's all part of the journey uh of getting to this point right that's right well today we're talking all about cash flow and how to improve that and one way we found to improve cash flow is really looking at accounts receivable and we talk about our experiments, our mistakes, our challenges, and how we kind of stumble through those along the way of business ownership. But accounts receivable seems to be something that we've gotten a handle on, uh, much improved over the last 10 years, but really even probably the last five years have made significant strides with accounts receivable and the way that has allowed us to do different things because we do have the cash flow that we can count on. Yeah. um, And just like anything, it's been a journey. And so um, it goes back to how you invoice, uh, how often you invoice. And so uh, our industry uh, has been really bad at that in the past. Uh, You still have some firms that bill by the hour and they'll do that invoice. They'll send it out a month or even two months, some three months after the fact. Some firms, you have uh, a position of billing manager where they actually go sit with the partners or whoever determines what gets invoiced out, what projects, how they get to a certain milestone uh, where they get invoiced. And there's usually friction 
involved in that. So um, some of the first steps uh, we made, and it was out of necessity, is uh, invoice out as soon as you can, right? Um, the faster you send the invoice, um, the faster you get paid, the faster that ca- it turns into cash, that paper turns into cash, and then you can use it to either pay yourself back because you paid for software, you paid employees, or you've got to pay the bank, you know, however that looks um, in your own business. So we started there. So it was always a priority. And whenever I meet with a business owner that doesn't make invoicing a priority, like that's what we try to work on step one, right? And uh, getting a system in place to where it's, it's really an afterthought. So um, yeah, the, the other thing that we did there was we included finance charges on uh, our invoices early on. We don't do that as much anymore just because of the way that we do work with our clients. But um, we included, um, you know, you either have the carrot or the stick, depending on how you want people to move. And an in, uh, a finance charge is definitely a stick. You know, it's one of those where um, you're trying to get to motivate them. So they actually do pay you, do pay you on time a little bit. And if they don't, then you're making a little bit of interest off of that. Um, You know, our journey used to call on those past due invoices and collections. um, So you know that we would typically waive those finance charges just to get the real money, like, you know, the, the real money. And then you start taking credit cards and different things. So um, those are some of the things that we started just in a typical business where it's like you bill after the fact, um, you send an invoice and all of that. We can expand further uh, or I can stop yeah. talking and you can ask me questions too about how yeah. you can speed that up. Yeah, absolutely. And actually I was listening to Dave Ramsey on Entree Leadership um, just yesterday and he was talking about, he was talking to a framer who was having issues with some of his contractors paying him timely or paying him at all. And so he, Dave Ramsey was telling him, you know, what you have to do is really establish clear payment terms. What likely happened is that you just started doing business with these people and you never set out or defined what those payment terms should be. And so what you need to do is go back to them and not say, I'm not going to work for you anymore if you don't pay me right now, but go back to them and say, this is how I do my work. We are going to take the best care of you that we can. You will be our priority, but I need to get paid within 30 days of starting the job so that I can pay my guys because if I can't pay my guys, they can't show up to do your work. And so he was just saying like, just really establish those. And if you haven't yet and you need to go back, just go back to the people and let them know, like, I can't run my business and I can't serve you well if I don't have money to run my business and to pay my workforce. And so I thought that that was really good that from the very beginning, if it's a new business and you haven't started, set that up first, what those uh, payment terms are. And if you're already in business and you're having issues with getting paid, then go back and either redefine or define what those payment terms need to be so that you can keep doing the great work that you're doing. Yeah. um, I listened to that podcast as well. I think we have a lot of the same library, obviously, on our phones. with that, you know, that type of industry, the construction industry, especially subs, you're being paid based off the draw schedule and you're relying on that builder or that next business owner to also be a good business owner. And 
the only way they get money is that they've stayed on top of their draw schedule or their invoicing. So it all, you know, follows suit all the way down the line from builder to subcontractor to how the subcontractor pays their people. And we're definitely in such a tight labor market across the board, whether you're professional services, construction, whatever, everybody's fighting over the same people that are available. So if you don't pay uh, your people, they will be forced to go out and look for a new employer. So yeah, all of that um, makes sense for that industry. And it's something to something to think about. How do you, whenever you place priority on your business and your cash flow, how do you make that a priority for the person that's paying you? And some of the easy ways, obviously, we talked about already. Um, do you incentivize? Give the carrot with a discount for paying timely. Um, don't give a discount unless you have to, right? And so um, maybe it's just a conversation where, like you said in that example, it was very clear on for me to stay in business, I need to be paid. And you, as a business owner, you have to be good to your vendors, your team. You have to make sure that they stay in business. If they don't stay in business, it's going to be very hard for you to do your business. And so by dragging out your payment terms, um, it could impact how you how you work uh, and for those people that work for you, not only employees. So, um, but yeah, that's a great example. And then you mentioned people who maybe don't send invoices for one, two, three months after the fact, after the work's been done. So really, most people aren't. There are some people who are calling saying, how do I pay you? But most people do not. Most people wait until the last minute when you say, here's this invoice. Um, now, now I need to get paid. So what are some of the reasons that people wait so long before they do their invoicing? They're too busy doing the work and they don't place priority on cash flow or getting paid, which is could be detrimental to a business. And you have um, just the timing of, of ups and downs in the business. And, you know, it, it is very hard to work through. So typically when you're not invoicing timely, you may have to take on debt like a line of credit to meet your current monthly obligations, pay your team, things like that. Um, we actually have a friend who served as our attorney for a while and, uh, still love him as a friend, but his billing practices made us look outside of his law firm for another service provider because he would send invoices three, sometimes six months after the fact. And whenever you're sending them that late, you forget what was done for you and you forget the value that was brought, the conversations that had happened because so much time has passed. And so the amount of value begins to diminish the longer you wait to send that invoice. And so we've always been a big proponent of sending the invoice out immediately, no matter if it's a deliverable, such as a tax return or a financial statement or advice, because you are fresh in that person's mind, in that client or customer's mind. And it's no different when you go to Walmart or Amazon, they're not going to wait 30, 60, 90 days for you to really figure out if you like that product or that service, your payment is due then before you even walk out of the store virtually or in person. So um, that is the biggest thing that small businesses truly need to get a handle on is their cash flow. And most people are so head down doing work 
with the promise of eventually getting paid, we need a guarantee where we're at today in this economy. And so um, it's just good, good business. I think a lot of times also um, with that, that people don't like doing certain tasks and things that they don't feel comfortable with, confident in, or are complex. For example, like with an attorney and trying to figure out what time they're going to bill and how much if there's any that they're going to write off or how they can make extra time in there to, to bill for that extra time, turn that, turn that 15 minutes into the hour. Um, but if they're not confident or it's too complex in what they're doing, most of the time people will put that task off and they just keep putting it off. So they know they want to get paid and they know cash flow is important, but the discomfort of going through and actually doing the process makes them put it off. And so what are some tips for streamlining invoicing or streamlining how you get paid? Yeah. A step one is, uh, maybe you're not the best person for it. And maybe you have somebody else on your team that is more equipped to either have those conversations or make those decisions. So it's probably a a people conversation first. Um, but at the same time, it's also a process conversation. So process is what does the current process look like? Um, and where is it broken? Where do we need to break it and rebuild, which we go through a lot of that in our business, but, um, the AR piece could be broken and AR I'd rather have the cash than the paper, so to speak, you know, paper on the street, because I can't go pay my mortgage with paper on the street or a promise of getting paid. Um, Things happen, you know, and it's just not a guarantee. So the process, you have to look at um, not only the workflows, what it takes to get done. And that's where you kind of look at is someone better equipped to be in that process, not you, but it's also the technologies that are involved. So uh, a big step for us, it, it was uh, providing an online way to pay uh, immediately once you receive that deliverable. So send the invoice with a link to pay. I would say the likelihood that you're going to get a payment if someone gets an email and sees it and reacts is is very likely. You may have an occasional customer or client who delays payment for their own cash flow reasons, or uh, they just want to review it or things like that. That also goes in line with you need to have that pricing conversation ahead of time and it not be a surprise to people. So um, all of that relates to whenever you kind of do one off or special projects, make sure that there's clear um, terms to that engagement and the, the payment terms are part of that and outlined. The other piece is as you move from maybe an annual or a project base, which what we've done in our business and move to more of a monthly recurring model or contract based work or subscription, um, that's where you have a contract and it's some, something that's determined ahead of time. This is the scope of work that we will provide. It's backed up by a legal document, right? A contract or whatever you feel good terms are documentation wise. And then you have your payment terms on there and you can control a little bit better what your cash flow is, but then also what your revenue would be on a monthly basis. So you factor in all that technology that helps support that process and that business, um, the way of doing business there. What we like to see is capturing the payment information up front. So whenever you are 
um, dealing with a new prospect or customer, they don't know how you did business in the past. So if you can control and actually have the payment information on hand, not in your physical hand, but through a software that captures that ACH or that credit card, if you're going to take credit card, capture that and then set up a monthly recurring system to draft that, right? And that's what we've done in our business. It's been successful. We've employed that with so many other um, clients as well. And there's really no no confusion. It cuts down the time when you have to think, oh, now I need to go invoice. Now I need to go send statements. Now I need to go make collection calls, which is the, the order of those things. Um, and you can actually go back to doing the work that you were called to do or take a day off and not worry about those difficult conversations. So technology is, is a very big part of the process. So we did turn on where we could do automatic bank draft or ACH debit or credit card payments. In the past, we relied on people mailing checks or bringing checks. And now we can't rely on the mail service and we can't rely that someone won't pull that check from the mail and deposit it in fraudulently, deposit it fraudulently in their own accounts. And so um, that has been something that thankfully we turned on online or digital payments a long time before COVID. Uh, That is when we saw the biggest downturn in not having reliable mail service. So uh, thankful for that, that we have had fewer challenges, and also having those payments on the first of the month. My collection calls went from uh, maybe 20 to 25 a month down to zero. So, or maybe one or two after a tax filing season where we do still bill those returns after the fact. And so I know from twenty the end of 2022, you mentioned a really um, – a huge stride that we had made in accounts receivable in at the end of the year, what was in accounts receivable versus maybe what had been in accounts receivable three or four years ago. And so I know that was a really uh, a happy moment, a proud moment for the both of us, uh, you because the cash was there and me because I didn't have to do collection calls for that many yeah. people. Yeah, we, um, uh, you know, using ourselves as uh, the experiments that we do within DBA and then rolling those out to clients. Um, you know, we did about a little north of 2.7 last year and then growing this year, we got in December down to less than a thousand dollars in AR and that's incredible. And for a business, our size, that was, I think made up of just one account that still owed us money. And it was a legacy client. That's no longer a client that we have like an agreement in like $50 a month is where we're drafting his payment and for a return we did two years ago. Right. And we could easily just write that off, but it's uh, the principle for me uh, to, to collect that. Um, Cause we did that work at that time. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a journey. So a lot of our income does come in, uh, like you said, on the first of the month. Now we're even spreading that out to where um, our contracts, they go out through throughout the month and we're really drafting our services on the anniversary of that contract on the monthly um, anniversary. And that helps provide 
cash flow throughout the month, not just on the first or the 15th or whatever date someone picks out of the sky. So um, that's been nice. And, you know, whenever you have more of a monthly recurring revenue model, it provides less stress for the things that come up and that are guaranteed to come up like payroll, like rent, like software costs. So all of that um, should help you to run a better business. And some people will say, but you don't, you don't have any, you know, money that's potentially going to come in in January and no, because it's in my bank account, right? You know, or, or I've made decisions, profit distributions or anything like that to, um, use that a certain way. And I could not make those decisions if it had been an AR. So those are the small changes that we've made. Um, obviously, for people, uh, ACH is the recommendation just because the merchant service fees are low. Anytime you can turn that on to get paid, would highly recommend it. Credit card and debit card are the, the next. And people get hung up on that because there's a fee involved. And if you're going to lose money over a credit card fee, you really have to think through your pricing. And um, maybe increase your pricing so you just can do business a certain way and encourage people to pay with your credit card. There's a whole strategy that we can go into with clients where we can teach them how to pay people on credit card and essentially with cashback rewards or loyalty bonuses, you essentially pay for that service. You pay for our service. And just the time saved from not getting bills or invoices every single day and trying to figure out set aside time every day to put in the payment authorization or mail a check. So, um, yeah. So with new clients, you mentioned that now we have clients, you know, engaging us at different times of the month, but with new clients, when they come to us with one of their pain points being cash flow, what do you notice is happening, um, as far as from their standpoint, why has that become an issue for them? Uh, they just delayed having hard conversations. And like you said, sometimes they just begin doing work and they haven't set the right terms or expectations up with that client or customer of theirs. And they don't want to go back to and say, Hey, I, I need, I need cash. I need money to pay my people or money to live on. So it's avoiding confrontation a lot of times or conflict and nobody likes to make collection calls and that's the that's the piece where that's what you did on your first day of employment with dba and uh yeah it's uh you were sitting on the floor of our old office we were in the middle of a move and you were making collection calls on behalf of the business um and yeah it's 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 a journey that everyone has to go through some pain to be able to be open to new ideas on the other side of of that pain so if I see somebody that's really having cash flow issues and they've got a ton of AR, they don't have, they don't have revenue or expense uh, problems necessarily. They, they need to go collect what they've done. And recently this has come up with a, a marketing services company and they are feeling stressed because they only have about a month of cash remaining to burn through. And, They've got three to four months of AR out there. And it's like, you really need to, one, go try to collect this. And then two, stop doing work for these people that aren't paying you. Uh, you're incurring costs. You're incurring team members' time. And if these 
clients are never going to pay you, then that's another conversation. So those are the conversations that we lead a lot of times with our fractional CFO services. Um, the other piece on the medical or even vet space, uh, there's a company out there called care credit and there's other options like that where you can give options to your patients where if they, if they really want a treatment plan uh, for themselves or their animal, um, there's a way to pay for that and not be the bank, so to speak. And we see it a lot in, in orthos. They try to be the bank uh, because they convince themselves that it's good to have paper. And, you know, we have to disbunk those myths a lot of times. It's even harder to work through when you have a succession event and you've got a lot of people that owe you money and a lot of patients that owe you money that you've given really good terms to, but you want to exit the business. So it's not good for current cash flow, and then it's not even good for succession planning because it could cause a big issue where you don't get value for work that you've done. And uh, we just keep coming back to options where it's payment links, accept all forms of payments, and then there are even further options that exist, uh, like in the medical space, like care credit and others, um, where it's specific to uh, different treatment plans. And so many times the the main problem is that nobody's looking at accounts receivable and how far out it or how long it actually is taking them to get paid. It's just not being tracked or monitored anywhere. And so maybe it's a partnership and one partner knows uh, this, these people are really slow at paying and these people are really slow. And the other partner knows that these different people are slow. And when they come together and realize, oh, everyone is slow at paying us. Yeah. No one is paying us timely. That's why we don't have any money. We are doing lots and lots of work. And for whatever reason, we don't have cash to show for it. And then they realize because they finally sit down and look at it. And I think that's where we come in a lot uh, as bringing in a new client for implementation is just looking at and think, looking at their um, kind of AR aging and looking at what is happening and setting that as a KPI for them as we need to get you paid timely and anything you haven't collected, get that collected. And then going forward, how do we get all of your customers to pay you within that 30 day window or whatever those payment terms are? Yeah, you're, you're spot on there with it is something that we look at, whether it's a monthly, quarterly um, KPI, key performance indicator is day sales outstanding. So we look at how long it takes from the time you sent that invoice out to the time that you actually get paid on that invoice. And with that KPI, we can actually gamify it to make it more fun for the owner um, if they need that. And, you know, receiving cash should be fun enough, right? And uh, having less stress. But maybe it's, hey, your current day sales outstanding is 45 days. And with that, you need 45 days days of cash to support that journey and whether that's just re remaining equity in the business that you're okay holding on to or it's a line of credit where you're actually going to pay interest on that cash to then pay your expenses so uh, what we try to do during the client journey is actually reduce that day sales outstanding from 45 to 30 to 30 to 15 and um, maybe zero one day if we can get them fully on to a model similar to ours and the other thing you have to look at is seasonality. So it may be it may be the wrong KPI just to set. I never want more than a hundred thousand dollars of AR, whatever that number is for their business. But you may have special projects. You may have seasonality where it where it does go above that. And 
you have to monitor it. Um, you know, we give the other thing that we do is we give people multiple opportunities to see their invoice, maybe in a tax situation, they would see it with a copy of the tax return. Whenever they sign their tax return, it's right there. They can't deny that they didn't see it. If they've got an issue with that payment, they can talk about it at that time. And we can talk about it then versus three months after the fact, when we called to ask for payment and they say, why'd you charge me so much? You know, that's not the time to have that conversation. That time to have that conversation was, really before the engagement ever started, but sometime within that engagement, if we went outside of scope or anything like that changed with those original terms, so. Yeah, well, this has been an excellent conversation. I know that it has been something that has really helped our business, has helped, has allowed us to do so many more things because we are not worried about are we going to get paid for this? Uh, and, and when is it going to come in? But now that we're paid pretty much before the work is done, um, or just on a set recurring schedule, we can plan around that and just allow for more opportunities for our team. Um, and then also service to the clients. Yeah. And I think people thought we were crazy by asking for, um, payment in advance, but you look at other industries, other service companies, nobody gets paid in arrears and, uh, go try to build a pool or a house. They're not going to start work without getting some form of payment first. And whenever people push back and say you're crazy or that they may have an issue paying you, and it may, it may not be the full payment. It may just be a portion, a retainer. If they have a problem paying you at the beginning of a relationship, you have to worry that they're going to pay you at all um, at the end of the day. So maybe it's okay to pass on that client and just be friends with that person as opposed to them becoming a debtor to your business. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.